well this has been a while welcome back guys to another episode with me mrs brain trainer i am sitting in the west end chiropractic clinic on gardiner street i had shivers um during this episode just hearing alan speak in the way that he does blew my mind and i think it's going to do the same for you guys too we discussed how much physical pain is emotional so that emotional stuff your story your journey your narrative can really quite a lot of the time manifest as shoulder pain headaches um and so when you do go to see someone like alan you know you're not just getting your back your neck and your head sorted we are very much of the same mindset of the cause and effect scenario and we want to know all about what's going on in your life that's affecting this what are your patterns who are you and why are you here he is a very 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 special practitioner and just genuinely cares like deeply cares it it's amazing to know that there's practitioners out there like that because the reality is, guys, we are living in a world that operates on treating symptoms, right? It's just the facts. And treating symptoms and keeping you alive just sometimes. And so when you come into Alan's clinic or the, the type of things that I do as well, which is why our work crosses over so much, is we want to know the route. We want to know how it got there in the first place. And we really want to empower people in this episode to by, by sharing the truth. We want people to know that there is so much more that we can do to live a better life so that we don't end up in bad places physically, mentally and emotionally. It was so interesting to hear Alan's journey, how he ended up in the industry. Uh, quite controversial so get tuned in to hear that and also the fact that you know he wasn't always like this health conscious um so he's really teaching and speaking from a place of experience because he's been on both sides of the coin i really love the way alan put it he said if you're looking for health a good life where you are connected where you enjoy your family that stuff is an inside job. You will never be able to get that outside, okay? Outside is treating symptoms. But for health and a good life, it is all inside. If you watch on YouTube or Instagram, you will see all the visuals inserted from our posture scan. Guys, you're going to love it. I can't wait to hear your feedback. Please do comment, leave some glowing stars. Thanks again. Bye. Hey guys. I am currently sitting in a beautiful place in the West End, the West End Chiropractic Clinic with Alan. And I'm really excited because I've just had a posture screen for the first time in my life and we're just about to go through what it's shown. So it's so interesting. Um, 
We have Alan, he is a chiropractor and he is going to take us through it. Hello. Hello. All right. Hey, <laughs> hey. Okay, so we'll just get straight into talking about your posture. So the posture screen takes a couple of pictures, one from the front, one from the side, and then we kind of match up a few key landmarks on your body and then the, the software does its does its thing. So if we take, we're going to start off firstly taking at the front view. So generally, it's pretty good. Um, that's probably a good place to start. <laughs> so we've got the green line coming up is the centre of gravity, and then the red line is your centre of gravity. So that's all pretty good up through the hips, up through the mid back. I am impressed with that. <laughs> across the shoulders, it's slightly listed, so your touch. Which way is it? Touch high on your touch high on your right, little low on your on your left, and the same in your. Well, it kind of reverses it gets your neck. We'll go into why that is in a minute. Mm. Okay. <laughs> and then the next one is your side-on view. I suppose we can take pictures of these. and Yeah, we'll insert pictures, guys. Um, it's so cool. So, again, coming up through your ankles, knees, pretty good. Hips, actually, sense of gravity is pretty good, but you can see your bum sticking out a little bit more. Got an anterior pelvic tilt. So, where you should be lined up across like that. Your pelvis is coming a little bit further forward. Mm-hmm. That then is kicking everything out towards front. the front. Your shoulders are sitting over the front of gravi- over the front of the center line, and then your head's even further forward. Pretty common. This is like modern posture, I would say, a, and a good example. Like you're pretty. This is pretty good. Yes. Um, I did do yoga. This is what we. This is what I see day in day out, and this is way better than average in terms of oh. what I see day in, day out. My so, ego likes that. Yeah, I bet it does. <laughs> so I suppose if we talk about what I'm looking at when I'm yes, looking at posture, it's kind of a thing because I think a lot of people have in their minds that posture is just related to sitting, mm-hmm. being on your phone, which shoulder you carry your, your handbag on or your working at a computer, over, working at a computer. And that is a big a big part of it, but I think mostly what I'm looking at is your body's reaction to the brain stress. Oh. Pretty much what we see. And once you begin to understand it, I think it makes sense. M- particularly with the side-on view. But with mm-hmm. the front-on view, what, we, what I'm typically seeing is a bit of a head tilt. We'll see one shoulder significantly higher than the other. People with back pain, then you'll get pretty big deviations as your body's trying to shift your weight away from any pain-generating areas. And it's just trying to make you feel as at ease as possible which is mm-hmm. kind of what your posture is it's like what what is the easiest place to be as opposed to it being a reaction to what's happened okay yeah so again you can see pretty pretty good here i think it gets easier when you start to look at the sideways view yes yeah. because and again this is really where people are so dominant about thinking about how they're sitting but actually it's a lot of the time that we're li- we're just living in a stressful world and I don't know about you, everyone I meet is stressed. Yes. Pretty much everyone I meet. <laughs> Even people who are managing it fairly well. Mm-hmm. The reason they're managing it is because they recognised it. So, yes. And then and we live in a world where the, it's easier to, to deal with the consequences and necessarily address the causes. Mm-hmm. So that's where like yoga and meditation come in. And they're good because they, are, they help. <laughs> they do help. They make, a, they make an important change. But I think it's important to try and address the causes as well. Oh, yes. So when you are stressed, 
you're going to be sitting in what we call a sympathetic state, which is part of your nervous system that's controlling the fight or flight response. And when you're in your fight or flight response, you're going to get muscle tension patterns that mean something. Tightness in the hips, tightness across your shoulders, shoulders coming forward, tightness in your jaw, tightness in the front of your neck. The theory is, it's a theory I like, that it's going back tens of thousands of years when we're seeing tigers in the jungles, you get that fight or flight response and you're going to go into this defensive, aggressive posture. But we don't see tigers in the jungles, we just have people whinging on Facebook and (laughs) rolling 24-hour news and, I mean, there's a thousand things, just like constant input all the time that Mm -hmm. is just creating a fairly stressed population and that's where we're going to see this sort of posture. Wow. But again, to reiterate... This is good. This is someone who's managing their stress well. Thank you. I do put a lot of time and effort into it. Um, I guess that's something we would love to see our clients do more of because (laughs) it it matters, guys. How much do you then, how much can you tell about a person just by looking at them then? A lot. Yeah, a lot. Love that. It it comes from practice, I suppose. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's kind of my job is to, I'm looking at the physical aspects of someone to understand what's going on beneath the surface. That's kind of my job. And really, I want to know why. That's the bigger question. And sometimes mm-hmm. we get there, sometimes we don't. But often I can see, just watch someone walking down the road. You can understand, right, where, they're, where they've got pain. Yes. Yeah, like what's going on, what, like what physical function have they lost. Mm-hmm. And then you can almost read them, like read it why, like what's going on in their life. You can sometimes it's clear it's just like trauma, like, and that can just be like who they are, like I don't know, a young sixteen-year-old guy who looks like he plays rugby. It's like, yeah, understand what's going on. <laughs> it doesn't take a genius to work that out, but you can just read people's posture, and then it gets to a stage where you can almost start to read people's faces and patterns pat- as well. Pat- this mm-hmm. is all pattern recognition. Mm-hmm. None of us as much as we like to think we're all individuals and unique <laughs> we're all cut from the same cloth mm-hmm. really so yeah it is pattern recognition and that's what we're doing on when we see a new patient i'm trying to understand their pattern mm-hmm. like who they are and why they're here even if they don't necessarily know it wow because then you can tell the story that makes sense to them that they haven't ever had told to them mm-hmm. like and, and, and never been able to tell to tell it to themselves. I think when you're in the middle of your own story, it's tricky to see the to, to, yeah, to see the, wood for the, the meaning trees, behind like what's it. Going on. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to help people understand their story. This is my my goal for day one. Like day one's like the, the new patient examination. So we'll we'll run through a history. We'll do an examination. We'll do their posture. Get them on the bench. And then I'm yeah with with all that information, and they'll do some information for me up front as well before they've even come in. And with that information, then we're trying to understand their story. Or I'm trying to understand the story and then tell it back to them in a way that resonates and makes sense to them. It, should, like it shouldn't be me making it up. It no. should be like I'm picking out things that make sense in their recent past, in their distant past, in terms of what they do, in terms of how they view themselves, in terms of what they eat and how they move, um, in terms of sometimes the supplements they take or don't take. Pull that all together into like, right, here's what your body is telling us about that story. Wow. And once you're there, then it gets a lot easier because mm-hmm. people understand where they're at. The connection. Like connection. Like, okay, now I know where we're starting from. 
from there we build a future? That's another question. <laughs> that is the difference, guys, between a GP and a chiropractor, in my opinion. Yeah, I've got. Uh, it's diff- It is a different. Uh, like it's I, a yeah, different, it's different way of. I don't, like, I, again, I, what GPs don't need at the moment is me, no, is me kicking of course, them while they're down. No. But, and, I, and also, I understand where they come from. We'll, I think we'll get onto this later on. I've got, I've got like family ties to general practice and medicine. So I, I, I understand their limitations. Mm-hmm. I think I understand their limitations. Mm-hmm. But also, I think if you see, if you walk up and down any high street in the UK, you can see that a lot of our approaches just it's not it's not working enough in so many ways. And and I think modern medicine is a part of that. Absolutely. So my question would be: me looking at that picture, then would I be correct in saying? Because my original question was going to be, right, so how, how would I fix, I don't want to use the word fix, but how would I make that better? But I get, I want to guess that your answer might be work on, work on de-stress more and that would, that would mm-hmm. align everything out yeah, better. I mean, so sometimes when your emotional stress, stress reaches a point that it's physically visible, mm-hmm. it can, you can almost get in a neurological, and I'm, not saying this is you necessarily but you can get stuck in a neurological state where it needs external help to correct mm-hmm. you need yes. an external impulse or input to to help reset the system so with when i'm talking to patients here often times i'm saying that you can always think, think of each adjustment as us pressing control alt delete on the system big reset <laughs> and then your body will revert to its old habit Mm-hmm. We reset again, mm-hmm. and the more we press Control Alt Delete, the less that this old pattern, the less power this old pattern has, mm-hmm. the less yeah power, power. So, yeah mm. st- stickiness, and your neurology, your body, your being will recognise where it should be mm-hmm. based on the environment it has now. So assuming you've changed your environment, yes, because I was going to say that would that would be quite quicker. Maybe not quicker is the right word, but that would be better if the person was also taking on the suggestions outside of the reset button, and uh, that just makes sense. Absolutely. If people are coming to me looking for pain relief, Mm -hmm. the easiest and quickest way to get pain relief is with Mm painkillers. They do reduce pain. I mean, there's side effects and consequences and sometimes it doesn't work for everyone and if it's acute neurological pain Mm -hmm. it probably won't even touch the sides but if it's acute neurological pain an adjustment in the in an instant it's going to make a huge amount of difference either like it might make you move a little bit better but if that nerve's red hot that nerve's red hot um so if it's pain relief you're looking for honestly just go and get some painkillers like (laughs) it's it does they do their thing like Mm -hmm. but if it's if it's more than that you're looking for mm-hmm. prevention, prevention and well like living a better life really yeah like or <laughs> it not coming back mm. or like building better stability or feeling better connection to you and your life and your environment and your family and uh, yeah like respecting your body if this is these are the things you're looking to achieve then yeah painkillers aren't going to do that no prescription is going to do that because <sighs> that 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 problem isn't isn't external. It's, yes. it's, in, it's internal. All of it is. You're speaking to my soul yes. right now. <laughs> yeah. So, I, like when I, when people come in here and they're looking to heal, I, I can't heal you. That's not what I do. I can't take that 
responsibility on board. That's not Absolutely my thing. Absolutely not. But I can help you heal you. I can help you with my hands, with helping you with what we've done and what we talked through. That story, I think, is that's really it. That's the bit because mm. then you're like, people understand. Like, okay, this isn't this isn't happened for no reason. This isn't bad luck. This is cause and effect. There's mm. something. There's something that's happened. So, yeah, it's really important. I think with the medical system as it is. People, lo- lots of people are falling through the gaps, mm-hmm. and the word idiopathic, which is we just don't know why, <laughs> comes up a lot. And I think the medical model doesn't look at cause and effect, and it doesn't think about it. It's all it's allopathic. Symptom. It's symptom, 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 symptom. And like you can resolve symptoms, and med- medicine keeps people alive by mm-hmm. managing symptoms, but it's not health. There's no health involved, so. I don't know, we could rebrand the NHS a little bit. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, if, if you're looking for health, it can't come from exter- externally. It's just not the way it happens. No. And this is where philosophically, I think, the difference is between chiropractic and medicine. Mm-hmm. That it's external from medicine, it's internal from chiropractic. But I'm not the healer, I'm not really the doctor. All I'm trying to do is understand the patterns, seeing how I can interrupt those patterns. And allow the healing to happen from the inside out. That's what I'm doing as well. It's yeah, it's like yeah. we're doing the same thing. I'm yeah. doing it in the brain. Well, you're doing it holistic. You're doing it through the ears, and I'm doing it through the spine. Oh, I'm in yeah. love with this so much already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Learned so much already. It's so exciting. Um, and I, I speak about it day in day out as frequently as last night on my class. I'm mm. like, guys, this stress. This anxiety, you did not get it. You create it, you're creating it by the things that you're thinking, the things that you're playing in your head. Um, Stress hasn't just came and appeared in your life. The likelihood is actually you've had to be a a child. Maybe if you were to go back in your childhood, you would find, say you were brought up around a volatile environment, alcoholics, things like that. You've had to develop coping strategies as a child where you're like, <gasps> tense, like, survive. I'm just trying to survive the day. And your brain won't update naturally. So if you're 30, come and see me. You've got anxiety and stress. It's no there just by it magically appeared one day. It's suppressed emotion from 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Filtering its way out in pain. Oh, I'd, I'd even go further. Mm-hmm. Say it was the only way. Yes. Like, Say so, and and it's the only way that you could get through that situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's there's a level of genius involved within us mm-hmm. in our neurology, in our brain, in our body. It's it's spectacular. <sighs> and it's above our comprehension. Sorry, I mean, um, and and it's the only. And under that situation, it was the only way that your your body and your brain could get through that. Mm-hmm. So try not to resent it. Like, to protect it. Yeah, it's same. And like, same with the people who come in in pain. It's like, this is your body doing its thing. Like, we've got to trust it and we've got to work with it mm-hmm. and not work against it. Again, that's a philosophical difference where mm-hmm. if you're coming externally, <laughs> you're trying to like... We'll, put, we'll patch this up, we'll cover that up, mm-hmm. we'll keep it together externally. 
Whereas actually what we want to try and do is understand that and learn to work with it and yes. allow you to love yourself again. So yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> profa- it's profound. It is profound stuff. Yeah, and it's people need people need to hear it. Mm. Not yeah, not that it's there's not there's more than one way to skin this cat. Yes, but once you begin to take it on board and and begin to get that autonomy about about your life mm-hmm. back in the driving seat, it begins to get easier. Take your easier, power back. Mm-hmm. But um. It's a challenge in the world we live in for that to happen. Because mm-hmm. there's so many messages coming from all over the place. To distract us to distract from us, that truth. And to make us think that we're not enough as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another... we will probably go down many (laughs) rabbit holes guys I'm actually just going to read a message out that I received after last night's class that I feel like it just echoes what Alan's just said we need to hear it right so she sent me a message Um, let me just go back to it hello missus I I know you probably get messages like this all the time but I have to share my gratitude for the class last night. Honestly, I was listening to you and thinking, this is exactly what the world needs. Someone to explain in easy-to-understand terms why our brains operate like this, especially if you've never experienced anxiety before. It's so scary. I wish they taught this stuff in schools, and I hope you one day they do. You are changing the future. I believe that you will have an impact on education, right? All that stuff's irrelevant, but uh, I feel so mentally shifted today. And basically, that is really why Alan and I have sat here today. It's to take the woo-woo out of it. It's to take all the, the, do you know what I mean? It's to explain it in a way that everyone can just understand so I feel like her message, and she she said I could share it, um, would 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 say like that is this is it. It's about getting that across. And that you you can get huge breakthroughs in small oh my god small chunks of information. You can get like you can have these blind spots that we all have that you can just get a light shone on it, and it can begin to make sense. Like oh Christ, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was I had my head buried in the sand there for years and years, mm-hmm. but actually I can understand it in no, a, I see almost it. in a split second. Mm-hmm. These revelations that come through, it was like, oh god, yeah, there's a truth there that that makes sense. And that's my journey actually, because it's your belief systems. Anything thought and felt with repetition becomes a belief, which then becomes your filter. I always talk about depression. It's like putting a pair of glasses on in terms of your unconscious and all you can see is grey and your brain will not allow you to see that you laughed yesterday or that you were so elated that your friend had a baby because it can only see what you do with repetition. So I'll just pipe in here and say gratitude, for example, is your best friend because gratitude allows you to take the grey shitty looking colour glasses off and put a brighter pair on and it allows you to focus on what's right in my life just now what can I do to feel better today and take your power back um, there's something else I- you fake it till you make it <laughs> well, like just 
you can kid yourself on to begin with. If you keep kidding yourself on, it, uh, will, it gets through. Because the same happened the other way. It was never as bad as you probably thought it was. Oh, and mm-hmm. eventually, if you keep pretending like it's shit, mm. eventually it will become... It will, and <laughs> it's that statement, and I teach it all the time. Tell somebody something often enough and they start to believe it. So I came from, I'm not enough, all the limiting beliefs. Mm. When I got the memo that if the bad stuff goes in, if it's not true then so must the good. And I just started telling myself better things. I literally started the reprogramming of my brain process using self-talk alone, affirmation. Mm-hmm. This is how, and that's why that person sent me that. Yeah, it's yourself, simple. Yeah, tell yourself a new story. <sighs> Change the narrative. <laughs> I tell myself every day I'm so happy that I'm at my perfect health. Mm-hmm. I feel amazing. Even if I'm tired that mm-hmm. day, that's the difference in how my day is going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're <sighs> seat. Yes, it's my life. I bang <laughs> the beat of my drum. <laughs> right, so let's get into the actual meat of this and introduce yeah. you then. So I was just going to say, do you want to give us a wee bit about who you are, what what is a chiropractic mm-hmm. practitioner and how you get into it? What's your kind of story? Okay, right, so I'm... My name is Alan, <laughs> 38. Um, I was born in Surrey in England. Both my parents are Irish. Are um, they? Yeah, my dad's from, from Tipperary, my mum's from Dublin. My dad was a GP, my mum was a nurse. They both moved to the Engl- to, to England for kind of work, really, for the NHS. This, uh, huge opportunity back in the 80s for, for work for Irish people. Well, for anyone, I think. It's a huge organisation. <laughs> um, and... I, how did I get into chiropractic? So I suppose had my dad's life gone the way he, it, had he got the tools that I think I have, I would probably be a doctor, I think. I think it, it would have made sense. I have this, he was a very empathetic, caring, smart guy who was really good at communicating. So like perfect GP. Oh. Um, but didn't necessarily have the tools to keep some of that distance, and it all it just kind of became overwhelming. I think for him, in terms of the amount of suffering he was dealing with day in day out, not having the tools to manage the emotional stress that comes with hearing all of that all the time, um, and it it overwhelmed. This is my this is my telling of the story. Obviously, mm-hmm. it, it felt like it overwhelmed him, and he to drink and it was tough it was tough like you don't know as a kid but that that was the story i was like do you know what? i don't want i don't need that stress in my life <laughs> i knew it at the time that i think intrinsically i thought well i should be a doctor but i can't do that mm-hmm. that'd, be cr- that'd be crazy <laughs> so i ended up doing a pharmacology degree and like just i don't know rolling through life with never really putting a huge amount of effort in being smart enough to get through but just ticking boxes um ended up in a career in the pharmaceutical industry okay what am i doing now um and then finally i was working for working in a job for a kind of an it company doing sales into pharmaceutical companies and i was lost absolutely lost mid 30s mid 20s just going wow don't know what I'm doing so one morning 
Monday morning, I remember it pretty clearly. <laughs> so was on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was obviously just whinging, <laughs> whinging about like, my life to my to my then girlfriend, um, who's now my wife and will never let me live this down. <laughs> Quite right. Like, why Why am I doing a job I hate for money we don't need? It's like, oh, she's, okay, she's right. Okay. <laughs> and then why don't you become a chiropractor? Because I've been as a patient, I'd had a bit of a car crash, Fairly mechanical approach to chiropractic. Maybe it's not, not quite the same that I'm, I'm doing now, but I remember going, going, oh, this is cool. Like, this is kind of like you're helping people, you're hands-on, but you don't have any of the, the, the admin element of NHS, the bureaucracy of the NHS. The, the hoops to jump through. The hoops through. to jump through, yeah. Um, but by that stage, in my mind, I had a job, I had a career, and I was like, Cool, that mm-hmm. boat, but never mind. <laughs> so she just, yeah, gave me a basically a bollocking, <laughs> um, and I went to work that day. Did the the research, just looked into like right, what what is a chiropractor? How do you become a chiropractor? What does it involve? What does it entail? Like how? What is that process? And what would my life be like if I did it? Um, and within two weeks, I'd applied. I think it was six weeks later, I'd quit my job, moved down to Bournemouth. And started just wow. dropped everything she wasn't working at the time she was miserable i was miserable <laughs> we had nothing to lose <laughs> it was called brave it didn't feel like bravery at the time it was just like this is the only this is the only the choice this is mm-hmm. ra- the rational thing to do in this situation is to throw it all away throw it all away <laughs> burn it down and start again um it's a five-year undergraduate course i did it in four years because my previous degree mm-hmm. <sighs> tough like Academically pretty tough, but just relentless. Oh. Like exams, exams, exams. Something like 85 exams over four years that you have to pass them all. 85? Yeah, some of those are little vivers. Some of them are big three, four-hour monoliths. It finishes with your exit exam, which is any topic from any year. You can test you on anything. <laughs> what, what did you get tested on? No, every, it's all oh, coming up. Like, ah. It's all there. This is a huge paper. <laughs> um, and then got out, passed, and then moved to Scotland. Um, and then worked a few, worked in a few jobs. And this is six weeks into setting my own, my own place up here and beautiful. So that's kind of my that's a, a potted history of my story. Um, what is chiropractic? It's. Uh, it's uh, it's an approach to it's an approach to health. This has it's been around for well, it was it was called chiropractic, one hundred twenty five years ago, maybe more, something around about that, one hundred twenty five, hundred thirty years. But it it comes from a tradition that is not that is global in terms of bone setters or just laying on their hands and helping people move better. This is not a it's not a new thing. The philosophy of chiropractic is more the new thing. Like, mm-hmm. and that's really understanding why you're doing what you're doing um so i suppose then we talk about what am i trying to achieve with chiropractic when i'm seeing a person patient or a member um looking at three elements really i'm looking at the mechanics i'm looking at the neurology and then at a higher level like a, a metaphysical level this is a trickier concept to get across mm. But I think you would understand it. Mm-hmm. I don't know about people on the high street because 
we don't necessarily have these sorts of, sorts of conversations. It's almost like why they're there and are they connected at a higher level? Mm-hmm. But we can come back. We can mm-hmm. come back to that. So the mechanics is what I think what people think about when they think of chiropractic. Partly because they've seen the videos on TikTok of clicks and pops and people moving. <laughs> Look me um, last night. <laughs> and, and posture, I think, is also like, or back pain as well. You know, I think oh, something's not moving right. It's a mechanical problem. So we've got that level, and then we've got the neurological level, and this is where we can talk about the safety pin cycle. This is a historic yes. concept of chiropractic. It's not quite so current anymore, but it's a very visual, visual analogy that helps people understand what's going on. And what we're looking at is information coming from the body, traveling up to the brain, and then information well, being processed in the brain, and then traveling from the brain down to the body. And you can kind of look at this as a safety pin. If there is dysfunction or neurological di- dysfunction, we call that safety pin cycle being open. This is that openness. You know, when a safety pin is unlocked, it comes from a, a subluxation. This is a, a neurological discrepancy in information. And if that is happening, the quality of information between the body and the brain and the brain and the body is, is diminished. So what I'm looking to do is correct that or remove that interference and allow that information to flow properly. Because if your brain is getting better information from your body, it's going to send better information out to your body. So that's the, the neurological level. I suppose the mechanical level should make sense if you have any like, TikTok level of understanding. <laughs> Just things aren't moving right help it restore that movement help it move right and then the metaphysical level so at a philosophical level all right bear with me mm-hmm. we've got your innate intelligence this is a chiropractic concept where your your body knows what it needs to do it's the health comes naturally it doesn't need any help it just needs no interference and then we also have the universal intelligence these are kind of bigger concepts of why the universe is what it is or what's going on at a huge level that can be your your religion your god it can be your understanding of physics it's left open to interpretation at a chiropractic level but we want to make sure that you're you are sitting in a world that is connected with that mm-hmm. I, I think that can make sense mm-hmm. um so when i'm working at my best i'm trying to be at all three of those levels the mechanics, understanding what's going on in terms of your functioning process, your neurology, there's different ways of measuring that, um, but making sure that the brain and the body are communicating as effectively as possible. And then at a higher level, a metaphysical level, that <laughs> your, your innate intelligence is as connected to the universal intelligence as possible. This is weird, this is the hip <laughs> So the energies and frequency kind of chat? Resonance, maybe. Resonance, yes, Um, perfect word. This is probably the area of chiropractic that can put people off Mm because it sounds pretty. It's pretty out there, Mm -hmm. but actually, it's the thing that separates separates us from a lot of other, a lot of other practice practices. But it it is everything. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. it's your purpose. Oh, that is your purpose. Once you're connected in your life, and you have found a purpose and an identity as part of something bigger than you. The hairs are standing up then, on my Adams guys. Then, then health, yeah, health is a natural it's outcome. Improved, of yes, yeah, it's improved, yes. It's only natural to feel. When yeah. you're on purpose, everything's just easy and effortless. Yeah, so, so when we say <laughs> that, 
Yeah, with chiropractic, I'm not looking to he- I'm not looking to cure symptoms. I'm no. looking to restore function. Yes. But really, I'm probably not even looking to restore function. I'm looking to reconnect you with who you are. Your true, authentic self. And from that, then, okay, hopefully, your health or your function will impro- improve. Your symptoms will reduce, and your health in general will improve. But actually, it's it's deeper than that because mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. Health is a concept that I think. Can also it can be quite reductive. Yeah, I think we all look at it as just like, well, I don't have pain. If I don't have pain, I'm healthy. <laughs> but actually, it, it's we don't measure health at all well in our in our world. Yeah, you said something to me in our first chat about this, and it's like positive. We were talking about how you're like, oh, I look after. You hear people say, I look after my health, mm-hmm. but then if you were to look at their lifestyle. It's like, or maybe it was a pain. Oh, yeah. So I think we're talking like sometimes when I get patients in, well, I'll send to measure their health. Like, tell me, like, what, how would you rate your health out of 10? Yes. Yeah. Routinely, seven or eight. That's the typical question. <laughs> and then people with sort of more emotional health issues will go two or three. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. These are the two, two, favorite numbers. Yeah, these are the groups. And that's seven or eight that person who rates themselves at seven or eight, like often they're maybe on four or five medications. They've got some chronic illnesses, hypertension, diabetes. These like cro- these are chronic and serious health conditions that I think if you have it, the only way you can get by is by ignoring it. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I'll take my pills and I'll just bury my head in the sand. So I, I kind mm-hmm. of understand that. And also they're basing their health as relative to Jeff next door and he's got cancer. So yes. compared to him... I'm fine. I'm doing all right. Oh. And then, as a as a society, actually, health isn't is pretty terrible. So, yeah, they're probably around about average. And if mm. you're around about average, it's not a crazy thing to go well seven or eight. Like, <laughs> I get it. Like it make, it does make sense. I think it's wrong, but I yeah, can see you get how they're, I can see how they're, I can see how they're coming up with it. Mm-hmm. So, I'm actually getting a, a poster designed at the moment. I'm going to help help view help people view this differently that yes like maybe the one to ten one to ten as a rate as a uh, scale isn't great because who wants to rate themselves at zero like, no. <laughs> so i'm working on like the scale and whether we're going to use numbers or not but it, it's cl- it can be put in clearer ways that at the lower end of the scale we've got serious illness and mm-hmm. i would put some of those chronic health conditions in that Mm-hmm. Like diabetes absolutely is oh, a yes. serious health condition and it, it's hard to say and it's even harder to hear it's like if you have type, type type 2 diabetes it is likely to be a key factor in how you die uh-huh Bru- brutal to hear but it's correctable yes most, a lot of the time lifestyle <laughs> yeah i mean it's not going to be easy necessarily Mm-mm. but it's correctable and then all the other ones and then in the middle we've got like dysfunction, mm-hmm. poor sleep, poor energy levels, headaches, digestive issues, skin complaints. This is where a huge population of the, a huge percentage of the population are sitting. And this is, this is not nothing. It means something. Mm-hmm. But, but back pain, neck pain. Um, yeah, that's probably... Well, that would lead one. us nicely into the physical pain... Manif- the emotional pain coming out manifested yeah, exactly. as all of this. And in this in this bit, 
bit, we can also put all those emotional problems, and this is what you're dealing with, I'm sure. Yes. Disconnection, depression, anxiety, because it's all linked. Mm-hmm. Like, all of this stuff is linked. Because mm-hmm. none of this stuff happens for no reason. This is all lifestyle-based, or stuff that we've dragged with us from our childhoods or even before, mm-hmm. if you want to go really deep into it. Um, so this is about, like, if we're going to say minus 10 is really ill in a bed in a hospital with cancer or something serious, and then we can go up through maybe diabetes, minus 7, minus 6, asthma, minus 3, like, serious, it can it can cost you your life and it does kill people day in day out Mm -hmm. but it can be well managed Mm -hmm. up to these sort of middle levels of headaches like low level dysfunction so maybe minus two to plus two plus three and then we go up into the positives how many people do you know up above this not many like this is where we should be looking to and like then we're looking at not symptoms we're looking at function. Mm-hmm. Right. How connected are you? Mm-hmm. How, like, how much activity and exercise do you do? How, like, wh- how far into the future are you looking? How, what's your social life like? What's your family life like? How's your relationship with yourself? These are bigger questions that then you can start to look at when you've broken through outside of symptoms more into function. <sighs> and then we can start talking about health. I'm putting this, this poster everywhere. <laughs> this is he- this is health. Yes. And this this isn't what our health system looks at. No. If you're if you're here, you're like you you're not part of the NHS. Yes. If you're in the dysfunction level, you may or may not get help. Mm-hmm. Possibly, but you'll very much be like given painkillers or antidepressants or statins or like whatever the sort of sort of main bulk of pharmaceutical prescriptions that we get prescribed are come from here mm-hmm. and then you if you're in the, the disease bit so you're right down at the bottom absolutely the NHS is a good place to go mm-hmm. like they keep mm-hmm. you alive mm-hmm. 100% they will keep you alive well maybe not 100% but yeah it's your best should, chance yeah, at, at least like in crisis times mm-hmm. but the journey out of there is actually the same at every stage like the stabilization can come externally, but the healing has to come internally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is how you live your life, and that is. And I do say to people, especially with maybe depression, or they're, they're in a really a place where they're thinking about suicide and things like that. If you're going to take the medication, I'm not going to sit here and bash any form of any help that anybody needs at any one time. But what I will say and I stand by, is make sure you're doing the internal work along with it so you're not stuck with that numbness and that that celity, that plaster. Because if the medication was to go off the market in a year's time, you would still, and it was took from you, you would still be in the exact same place. So make sure you're working on both. Because if you're taking medication now, don't feel bad about kind of what, what we're kind of saying, but we're like... Depending on where you are on the scale, there is definitely an opening for you to take that responsibility back and start doing the internal healing as well. Doing the work. Yes, and it is work. I work myself every day, and I have done for 16 years. Yeah, it's tough. And always will. Yeah. 
Mm. It, it, and I, yeah, so that's why I do want to come come at this from a place of compassion because mm-hmm. I, I yeah, like I, I've not always been healthy. No, my posture's not always been good. I've not always been flexible. I've not always like I've had depression several times. Once pretty grim. Once moderate. Um, I've my diet's not always been clear, clean. I've drunk heavily socially. Never necessarily destructively mm-hmm. <laughs> depends on how you look at it I suppose um, drugs like, you know, like I haven't lived a clean and healthy life so I, I, I get it and like I've seen I've seen illness and suffering like I've seen it firsthand I've seen it from my in my, in my parents I've seen it in patients I've seen it in friends like I, I, I get it mm-hmm. so it's, this is not necessarily this is not easy Mm-mm. But if it was easy, everybody would do it. We wouldn't. We would, our high street would look different. <laughs> not only would our high street look different, our, our society would be different. Yes. Which is like a, a deeper, bigger question, and I think it's relevant when we're sitting we're sitting in here mm-hmm. whilst COP twenty six is going down the road, <laughs> going on down the road. And these are bigger, deeper questions that. I think if we ha- if we worked in a world that was more connected, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to go here, but it's worth it's worth talking about. Like yeah, a philosoph- philo- philosophy and reductionism is our as a society and as science and as health is our key model that you break everything down to its key components and then you can understand it at a deep level. Mm-hmm. But actually, once you bring that back up, it doesn't all necessarily make sense in an interconnected way. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So trying to come at all of these problems in a more holistic way, understanding how health connects into the environment and connects into the economy, and a connect like trying to work out what is the best way of building a Navigating. model or building a model that is con- interconnected. I I'm not intelligent enough to do that at an international <laughs> geopolitical level, but I can try and work it out for me. Mm-hmm. And when I when I kind of learned more about chiropractic philosophy, it helped me in lots of other different ways, not just about my job, mm-hmm. but about about who I am and why I'm here and what that means and how I can how I can be here in a way that feels real and deep and important. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want to feel important? Exactly. Um, <laughs> So, like, un- then, then it's then you understand the decisions that you've got day in day out, of, like everything, how you move, what you do, how you speak to people, how you think about yourself, what you eat, what supplements you take, how you how you interact with your world, and why. And that's maybe again goes back to the purpose question, mm-hmm. the the deeper, trickier thing to put into words because mm-hmm. it's not really word it's a feeling mm. and then it then you can kind of like navigate the world at a, a level that a meaningful a meaningful level mm-hmm. and then it's easier because the decisions are coming through this because you'll be nothing take as well as well and it's like that just makes your whole experience and your life way more enjoyable mm. and i believe everybody should experience that because i used to not be that and it's, it's not fun. Heartbreaking. People pleasing. Most people 
like don't mm. I would think it's tricky to know but mm. I guess that was my uh, that would be my judgment on it that mm-hmm. you know, most people don't get that because mm-hmm. we're not taught it I guess it's not it's not it's not taught it's not necessarily respected it's mm-hmm. not economically it's valuable. shunned actually <laughs> yeah because <laughs> like, like, that gives you autonomy like, yeah, yeah going down another rabbit hole it gives you, it gives you autonomy it's mm-hmm. like I don't think we have structures and systems in place that really want that to happen from a population yeah because once you've got it then like you start to question everything. Mm-hmm. Well, does that make sense to me? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to me? Does that make sense to me? And I think it creates like when you follow that path, anything that's you know when something doesn't make sense because it's so conflicted with your authentic, your authentic self. Mm-hmm. So it's a feeling mm-hmm. you just know it's off, mm-hmm. and you start to be able to understand yourself more, what you like, what you don't like. Mm-hmm. Oh. Love that life. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's power. It's powerful. It's powerful. Uh, and I would love. I sometimes try to imagine a world where, where <laughs> most people are like that. Mm-hmm, me too. Hey, that's the utopia I want to move towards. Mm. Because I'd, like I don't know what that. I don't know what it represents. I don't know what that world would be like, really. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to give it a shot. Me too. Right? <laughs> Let's give it a go and see what see what happens. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't imagine it would be more destructive than the world we live in now. I'm optimistic and I always, I don't really look on what's ha- happening outside. I create my own internal. I am always hopeful and optimistic that more people sharing stuff like this, that ripple effect, and we will get to some level of it. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so the, the founder of chiropractic, BJ Palmer, came up with the, the big idea. This is, this is the, the ripple effect that you never know where, what impact your, this adjustment that you have on this person, what oh. impact that can have beyond here. So like I'm thinking, like, like when I'm discussing, discussing this clinic, like community is a big part of it. I want to be mm-hmm. a part of the community. Mm-hmm. In here and out of here, because mm-hmm. I again I'm positive. I'm I believe in people, and I am optimistic in general. Sometimes it's hard, yeah. But in general, I like I think if people were given the, the right environment to live in, better stuff would happen. So, yeah, like the the ripple effect is is really important, and conversations like these and thinking help people think in a little bit of a different way or experiencing someone else's ideas you don't necessarily have to feel it but like trying to step in their shoes for a while it, it can help because i again i know my i know my journey i know where i've come from and i'm the same as everyone else cut from the same cloth 100 percent. I'm, no, I'm no genius like i'm not <laughs> i haven't had divine in, invent interventions no, it's like, we're not like I was, I was a bit lucky that i got the few key points the, mm-hmm. at the right time and I was open to it and or desperate enough probably the latter same um, and was able to go about it but I believe that everyone can do it oh like, me too I'm the walking advert Alan like I was literally I had no hope where I came from you weren't supposed to be anything or do anything and 
if it can work for you know it was at a young parent group this man gave me a book on the mind Jim Bowman shout out always like to mention him because he's just it just he changed my life mm-hmm. and he goes I didn't change your life I just suggested that book and I said but if you weren't there that ripple wouldn't have affected me and I've managed to affect all of those people who then go on to affect their children and oh it just gets me so 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 excited yeah because it's your purpose yes yeah right it's like you can't <laughs> you can't describe it really oh. it's just like a feeling um uh, yeah and that can it doesn't have to be helping people like your purpose no. doesn't it's, it can be oh god it could be absolutely it could be growing plants like taking pictures of I don't know, the sky, like, mm-hmm. if that's what makes you feel like that, then do more of it. Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be your job. Like, no, true. And you know, that can be, like, can be barriers get put up for people. How yeah. can I make a living out of that? Well, mm. maybe you can't. Mm-hmm. Maybe you shouldn't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Maybe you're not a capitalist, so just don't worry about it. Like, mm-hmm. build, build a life that works for you, but try and find purpose and... Hopefully, the happiness will come out of it. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't chase happiness. No. Chase your purpose. Chase mm-hmm. connection. Chase stuff that resonates with you. Mm-hmm. From there, it's it's easier to be happy. Mm-hmm. Love yeah. that. What do you do then? I'm curious what you do to look after oneself in this world. Yeah. So again, it, it comes through a chiropractic framework. Like we were taught about the three T's. Thoughts, toxins, and traumas. These are the these mm. are the physical, chemical, and emotional stresses in life mm-hmm. that can, once they build up and build up, can begin to overwhelm your internal resilience. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at this seesaw. You've got external stru- external stresses, internal resilience, and I want to try and address both sides of that seesaw. Um, the thoughts, the toxins, the traumas. So thoughts are yeah, your emotional health. So. When I'm looking at that, it's, this is what I'm going to say. I feel like a hypocrite at the moment. I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not meditating. I'm not. In pra- I haven't been actively in meditation practice. My excuse that I'm telling myself is the stress of setting all this place up was, <laughs> and the, it's the one thing. It's the thing that dropped off first. It was, and I'm not surprised by that. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily understand why, mm-hmm. but it's. But I still do a little bit of like meditation stuff without it being a formal practice but meditation and then exposing myself to positive stuff stuff mm-hmm. well, necessarily positive stuff stuff that is meaningful to me mm-hmm. the books I read the films I watch the music I listen to that stuff like, does it yes does it get, does it get me going um, physical physical then it's exercise your bike my bike run I walk the dog I'm active all the time body weight exercises press ups pull ups bit of yoga just like diet and then diet yeah like I'm not particularly extreme with my diet like I I concentrate on it I don't eat huge amounts of processed I don't really eat much processed food I try and limit the amount of carbohydrates I eat I limit the amount of bread and pasta and gluten-based products that mm-hmm. I really try to eat fairly well it's generally made at home like I don't eat a huge amount of milk or a huge amount of cheese but it's I would say I'm a normally for um, but I come at it from a health point of view my diet more than 
yes necessarily an environmental or a how would you describe veganism it's not you know like a yeah for like for another purpose you do it purely to feel good pretty much yeah to maintain my to maintain my health in the short medium and longer term drink lots of water try not to drink a huge amount drink a lot less than I used to but I still (laughs) still drink intermittently but I know I pay the price for it Mm -hmm. me too it's just not worth it and it's sorry I don't think I don't really get drunk anymore but I still drink a bit it's going to be gum less and less I'm sure Mm-hmm. what about your yeah. sleep is that a big Sleep's part it's really important it's the mm-hmm. most important eight hours of my day same it's, that's sacrosanct really but more than anything else like I can go a few days without exercising I'll still be active I can go a few days without exercising mm-hmm. but one night's sleep if it's not great <laughs> then, right, that's not good yes that's so, it's, it's a key area of focus um, so they, these are kind of the external things mm-hmm and then the internal resilience, maybe the meditation could go on that side. Mm-hmm. I get adjusted regularly. And then it's just like paying attention to it, reflection, right, how am I doing, how am I feeling, and and trying to be in the driving seat. Yeah. Um, so then it's like, and being and being honest. Mm-hmm. Oh it, my it's, God, speaking of truth, kind of. Yeah, it's easy to like bury head in the sand and go, oh, mm-hmm. sort this out next week or... That's not a real problem. Or yeah, I do feel really tired. But do I, you like to kind of act on things like? So I think I'm. I am not hugely reactive. So mm. I have developed this idea for myself of like my north star, my long term health goal. I'm trying to get really specific about this. So <laughs> so for me, it's I want to be able to climb a Monroe deep into my 70s okay and then I've got within that that's like the the high level I've gone into like more detail to make it feel more real and emotional mm-hmm. like, right which Monroe is it like what does the weather what's the weather like what's the view like what if I brought with me what if I what's my little treat like maybe I brought a little dram like what whiskey have I brought with me <laughs> like, I like to I like to have a tonics tea cake at the top of my road. It's always crushed, but so I've I've got this idea, and it's and it's it's personal and it's emotional, Mm -hmm. but it's also achievable because I've been up on roads and seen people way older than that up there. Yes, it's like okay, well they're just they're just a person. I'm just a person, so I could probably do that. But that's that's the long term goal that I want to get to. So then it's like, what are the decisions I'm making day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out? And are they pushing me in that direction? Because then it, I think it allows me to have a bit more of a buffer in my life mm-hmm. so that I'm not having to like be really restrictive. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a bit of a generalist. I'm a generalist in here and I'm a generalist outside. I don't really have one thing that Rigid. I go deep in. Mm. I like to have a sort of a knowledge and lots maybe maybe sometimes to a superficial level but <laughs> across the board mm-hmm. so that I want to live a life like that which mm-hmm. means sometimes I do want to go out with my friends and have a late night and mm-hmm. pay the consequences for the next few days and like be aware of that and not do too much of it but that's it is important to me yeah so if I can get away with doing that by occasionally offsetting it and doing fasts and drinking lots of water and 
like just being clean and sensible, but in a way that I think is achievable and isn't particularly extreme. It doesn't feel extreme to me. It doesn't feel restrictive compared to what um, I see with some people's lifestyle approach. Diets and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, diets and sometimes <laughs> exercise and like mm. ultra marathons and crazy stuff like that. Does that give you the fear? For, it's not for me, <laughs> yeah. Um, Why not? Ultras. Yes. Because I'm obsessed uh, with David Goggins and his mental toughness. I mean, he's but. definitely mental. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it's that, again, it's that generalist thing. Like, I want to be yeah. able to... I want to live to him 120, by the way, just putting out there. All right, right. <laughs> 78 and I'll check out, I think. I've seen some old people that it looks like a real struggle. But I don't but plan I can, to be if old. If I can live great, like, yeah. like, I'm much more interested in quality over quantity. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, that's the thing that, that I'm Matters. interested in. But I want to be able to get up any day of the week and be able to right get on my bike and cycle 100 miles run a half marathon like do a solid hard yoga session be able to meditate i want to be able to achieve a high level of lots of stuff mm. as opposed to like being really focused on one thing mm-hmm. it just doesn't that's not my mm-hmm. it's just not me mm-hmm. but when people do it like jesus well, you're running 300 miles good luck <laughs> that's impressive I'm, I'm out <laughs> um, but so it's not yeah it's not necessarily a judgment thing it's just I, I think I've got to a stage where I kind of know what mm-hmm. what feels right for, for me you. and what interests me and yeah I want to be able to like if I could go yeah go up the Monroe any day of the week if mm-hmm. I've just got the time Love without that. even like have I trained have I prepared have I mm-hmm. like I want to keep my health as optimal as possible yeah or at, at a, a level day in day out where those things are achievable for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, maybe when I'm 75, I'm not going to be cycling 100 miles or I don't know, who knows, but like <laughs> being realistic about, about Yeah, that. I'm a bit of a dreamer. I'm like, 120? Yeah. I still want to be this version at 120, yeah. though. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, maybe that's because of the work I do. I, I, see, yeah. I see older people a lot. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, yeah, I, you want to resist Mm-hmm. A lot of that aging process as much as you can, and not and not let it become you. Mm-hmm. You see that a lot where it's like mm. my like my belief old, old before their time because it's just they they get hooked on that number. Yeah, I I don't tend to think about it like intently. To be fair, my um, what's your thoughts on? I believe the answer in my experience to everything is. Gratitude, laughter, mm-hmm. and relaxation. I'll start with relaxation. All about the central nervous system and slowing the nervous system and the brain and the vagus nerve. And I do a lot of breathing, it, breathing to achieve that, which is actually how mm-hmm. you first came into my mm-hmm. <laughs> a mutual client was like, "You need to speak to my chiropractor. You're telling me the same things as him. Like she's just amazing." And um, I was like, wow, I do, because I like that. Like, you're not getting that, and you're not getting those instructions when you go, you know what I mean? So... Not yet. Yes, yet. I love that word. I don't know how to do that yet. <laughs> um, I teach people that. But I saw about slowing... the. I believe you can only heal. Well, you can. Sorry, I'm a bit of a tangent here, right? But bear with. So when I am... Um, Worried, stressed, anxious, fearful, 
doubt in myself. I am triggering the, the amygdala, right? The fight, flight, or freeze center. And when you're doing that, all of your energy is going to your heart and your endocrine system, and it's preparing you to fight, flight, or fee. So if you're unwell or your health's struggling in some way, the best place, or I don't know if it's maybe the only place for your body to get the attention it needs, is to be in a relaxed state, which you can achieve through breath, slowing it down, slowing the nervous system down. And that's why when I get something, they're like, oh, I'm worried about my health, I'm da da I'm like, guys, you must be doing relaxation then, because it's the only chance, if you're constantly triggering and you're not actually in danger, your body's never getting the rest time it needs to go and heal your liver or your back. Oh, mm-hmm. how is, like, to me, that's a very simple sort of a thing. I know we're not taught it, but, like, when I'm told that, if I'm stressed out and I'm told that, I would be away trying to get as relaxed as possible to improve my health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your thought on my three my three yeah. concepts? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd agree a lot. So, if I come at that from a again from a chiropractic point of view, but say often after the first, first people's first adjustment, mm-hmm. kind of what they don't know what to expect. So you've kind of set them up. You've done the you've done that first adjustment. You've well, you've done the the new patient examination that we talked about before and then you set up and you understand exactly what the impulse is where they where they need help try and correct that and step away send them out into the big bad world and keep our fingers crossed right? mm-hmm. it's a big it's a big day for people but mm-hmm. often what people find it's not unusual it's really common is their first big thing they'll come in and say I slept so well that night like, mm-hmm. okay, great then my question is, why do you think that is? Mm-hmm. And no one has a clue. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> I, no idea. Um, but I, th- I think it, it does correlate to what you're saying. So I'm seeing people who are routinely stuck in that fight or flight response. Okay, within I would look at that as the, the symp- sympathetic dominant. So mm-hmm. your sympathetic nervous system is the part of the nervous system that controls that fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. Part of it's under, or it's, it's a subcategory of your autonomic nervous system that is really the system that's keeping you alive day in, day out, based on and reactive to your environment. So it, whatever the physical and emotional and chemical stresses are around you, your autonomic nervous system is reacting to that and altering your function. Mm-hmm. So say when you get up out of a chair quickly it's altering your blood pressure so you don't it can maintain blood in your head so you don't just collapse that's measured by your autonomic nervous system but also if you're in in, if you've got stress going on it's Mm going to change your blood pressure same deal so we are seeing people both of us who are in a hyper sympathetic state Mm -hmm. in fact we are living in a society that is dominated by people in a hyper sympathetic state Mm -hmm. that are stuck in a fight or flight response and are just surviving. Like surviving. Your body is surviving based on... It's all it can do based on the environment that it has found itself in. Those physical, those chemical and those emotional stresses. 
So what I'm looking to do, because I'm not healing you and I'm helping you heal you, is I'm looking to try and address the balance within the autonomic nervous system. We're trying to down-regulate the sympathetic nervous system and we're trying to up-regulate the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest half of the yes. autonomic nervous system. And these two, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic, should be in constant balance, up and down and up and down, based on what's going on outside. Mm-hmm. But if we're living in hyper-stressful environment and we're trapped in that sympathetic state, we're just stuck in fight or flight or fight, fight, or fight or freeze. And that goes back to what we're seeing in terms of the posture too. Mm-hmm. So if I have done my job and I have understood your posture, your mechanics and your neurology, and maybe the metaphysical bit as well, but <laughs> we, can, we can leave that for the moment. And, and I have put a stimulus in that your body recognises as being corrective and helping. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is even a metaphysical question, but, <laughs> um, but we're looking to to upregulate the parasympathetic nervous system. Mm-hmm. If your rest and digest nervous system part of the nervous system is upregulated, you should sleep better. If you sleep better, you heal better. Yep. And that's what we're looking to do: get people in that autonomic, in that parasympathetic nervous system, and that is. That is what you're talking about. Oh, so people, like they do say, when you're sleeping, you're kind of healing almost because you're in the rest and digest. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's what be, we've It's got to be quality sleep and not medicated yes. sleep. And like yes, there's, yes, there's, yes. There's caveats to all Ooh, of that. Oh, that's but another. Yeah. That's a rabbit hole. I love that. Yeah. And we're trying to say, if you are activating that system throughout the day as well, it's so good for you. And I know we touched on in a chat before today about epigenetics, right? Now, I, I am not academic, right? But I understand that this is my explanation of it, right? You'll probably be, be able to give a much better understanding. But let's say you have heart disease running in your family, right? And, and the genes, and people just go, I think I'm going to get that because my granny had it, right? That is the belief system. Now, I, what I understand about Bruce Lipton's work in epigenetics is it's the environment of the gene, of the cell, that will activate whether that gets triggered or not. And that's where I guess I was going with, I would say, stress and sugar. And that's where I was going with, if your environment in your body internally is relaxed, gratitude and laughing, mm-hmm. is that not just the perfect state for not to trigger these genes? It doesn't necessarily say you're going to get heart disease if your granny has it. It's how you live your life and what your internal world, which is why I've come up with those, in my opinion, my experience and what I've seen and learned about that is what I think the answer to most problems are in life. Yeah, so I think we, we can go back to that seesaw analogy. Yes. Because what you're then talking about is that internal resilience. Mm-hmm. We need to both, I think, don't ignore the external stresses. Yes. But, but we live in an external world, mm-hmm. like a, a philosophically externalised world. That's the medical model is external. It's all like, well come from the outside and either put a drug in or come and cut something out. Yeah. So 
it's easier for people un- to understand that bit of right, do some exercise, of look at your diet, sleep. S- these are the exter- mm-hmm. these are the externalities, and it is trickier to look at the internal the internal resilience mm-hmm. model. But this, I think, this is the bit you're you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Do I practice any of this formally? No, but it's integral to my life. It's it's like you know it's. A, I have done in the past, and now it's just routine. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm, I'm the sort of psycho that when I'm out walking the dog, <laughs> I'm kind of looking to make eye contact with people and connect with people mm-hmm. and be present for people and smile. Oh yeah, and it probably freaks a bunch of people out, but <laughs> it can get you moments of like just magic, like mm-hmm. connect, just a little bit of connection with someone. It can just really turn your day around. Mm-hmm. So I know you when I'm like having those days. Like, Jesus, this is weather's shit. <laughs> I, I'm a bit stressed. All right, I'm going to take a dog out, and I'm going to connect. I'm going to connect with my environment. I'm going to connect with the environment, and I'm going to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And occasionally, I'll connect with my dog, but he's not interested. <laughs> uh, but th- those are the mo- those are the I think those are the moments that like address the internal bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Are you are you are you being do you have gratitude for the moment you have in the life in, mm-hmm. in life and that's the yeah, self-love stuff mm-hmm. um, and how would you describe epigenetics to like because i want to know more about it but that's yeah. just my basic it's the epigenetics is a, it's a system that is actively turning on your genes day on and off and on and off day in day out night in night out mm-hmm. based on what's going on externally so i say externally I think this is the the medical model is more external. Yes. The, the Bruce Lipton model isn't quite so external. He's saying that your thoughts, your thoughts, your thoughts your, are the same. Uh-huh. So I think from a a medical model, the epigenetics is change that externality. Don't smoke. You're not going to turn the genes on that cause cancer. Or don't drink. Yes. But actually, you can also do that by. Oh, the, the, the story that you're telling yourself, the, the the internal environment that you're living in, is if you're living in an internally stressful, defensive environment, your physiology is going to change in response to that. Oh. Whereas if you can alter that internal environment with the story that you tell yourself, with which comes from the pra- from practice, mm-hmm. from journaling, from really beginning to look at the more positive. Say the life, yeah, the mm. yin and yang, but, but also not necessarily ignoring the negative. But yeah, trying to focus look. more on well, what's yeah, good, yeah, uh, and, and if possible, beginning to love all of it equally. Oh my god! If you can, if you can learn, if you can learn to love your your worst moments, your shadow stuff. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That is it. It's integrating <laughs> the shadow, isn't it? That's that is learning to love the the roughest bits that you've ever gone through they begin to lose their weight like for me well how would i how personal i kind of want to go with this so my dad my dad died seven or eight years mm-hmm. ago and it took me a year it took me years to go over it mm-hmm. and well not go over it but like bandage myself up so that i could mm-hmm. like process it and yeah. yeah not necessarily process it mm-hmm. just like accept it acceptance and then i did more work like really looking deep down at his role in my life and my role in his life, mm-hmm. and and why he died, 
and the journey that the sacrifice that he made for to, for me to be who I am. It's like fucking hell, man. That's deep. That and without it, without all of that sacrifice, and without him dying, I'm not who I am. No. So, like then I've got lots of work that needed help with a lot of this. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's tricky stuff to do on your own. But integrating all of that and learning to like love that story, and it hasn't lost its, it hasn't lost its power, but it's lost its hold, hold and abrasion, like you know the mm-hmm. roughness of it. Mm-hmm. Like it's, mm-hmm. it, it's now like it's it's integrated into my life. It's, it's who it's part of who I am, and now I can talk about him without it being like instantly mm-hmm. right up in my throat, like tears about to stream down my. I'm getting emotional here. <laughs> And I've had to do that with a few things. <laughs> yeah, these are the tougher, the tougher, the tougher parts of your life, and but they don't need to be the baggage that you feel like they are. And if you can turn, to, if you can re reframe, re- reframe it. it, retell that story, and navigate, like because we are storytellers. That's mm. who we are as people, and that goes back to what I tell them at the beginning. I'm trying to tell you your story. Yeah, but really. Yeah, this is more than metaphysics like helping people tell their own story in a way that actually isn't as empowers them exactly yeah that's yeah. how I, I relate to that like so much because we um i'm often found saying i stood on the shoulders of my pain and i used it to drive me and fuel me and i've spoke to you and a lot of people know my story because it's important to me to say that like I lost my son and for the first four years I guess like you're talking about it was really difficult and I was choking and from what I've learned about the brain that means you're there's still a bit of processing to do when you can speak clearly about it it, it's a really good sign that you've dealt with it in the best you can you can use it and so when I think about him it's like he made me who I am of course, my, my daughter did and, and lots of other things. But I would not be this this version. Even though I could have always been it, it took... He passed through my life for a purpose and he gave me vice versa. Yeah. Like, and we can stand on that and take, take from it to... If you find a way of being able to love the trauma, it's no longer trauma. No. And... Like, yeah, these are some big breakthroughs. And these breakthroughs can happen in split seconds. Oh. I, I remember the moment, like, that it just, like, all fell into place. That I was able to step out of the world, the way that I viewed that mm-hmm. series of events and able to step out of my perspective of it and view it from another perspective. Like, profound, like a, a deeply profound experience and then I was like, oh, right, this is not, it's just lost its, it lost its weight in a second. Like, not even a second, it just mm-hmm. disappeared and it's never come back. Like, so this isn't, is this chiropractic? Not really. Like, chiropractic <laughs> helped me get there. It helped yeah. me with, like, the neuroplasticity I think I needed to, yes. to, get, to get there. But it, it was a huge, prof- a profound moment. There's been a few others that, mm-hmm. it's like, right, okay, actually, no, this is, and then, the rest of your future then just direction like course corrects just yeah. 
and you just plow on. And that's what you call so. purpose. That's that's when I was really started walking on my path of purpose properly. And I think, like, I'd just like to mention this because it connects to one of the questions about how much physical pain is relating to the emotional pain, which can bring this back. I went to this course with a guy called Frank O'Hooley, and it was all about authenticity, and it was for actors, and I'd lost Romeo, and I decided that I was going to keep putting myself in uncomfortable settings because I realised I hadn't been living. I was purely living on autopilot. So I wanted to feel alive because when I gave birth to him, I was so present and like this. I woke up. That's the only way I can describe it. And I was like, wow, I am not going back to living on autopilot. Like, even though I felt like my life was decent, but it was merely mediocre compared to what it is now. Um, and so I thought, I'm going to keep putting myself in uncomfortable, get out of my comfort zone. That's what gets us into the present moment. That's what gets us living. Signed up to this course with 40 actors, never, no an actress. I just went to be uncomfortable. Frank's like a well, you know, he's, he's known. He's an outlander in River City and things. So I thought, that's quite uncomfortable that we Amanda just walking in there, like, do you know what I mean? Sat in a big circle, and they're all standing up, you know, I want to be in this film, and da-da-da-da-da, and I just stood up, and I was like, I just want, I'm just here to get out my comfort zone, and the colour drained in Frank's face, and I think he just thought, this wee girl's in the wrong room, and anyway, cut on a long story short, it was all about... Frank believes in you need to get your pain up and out to truly be your authentic self because we're all hiding this shame and this imaginary stuff that's just, it's a con. And basically, within five minutes of knowing these people, I ended up going on to win all the week. And I'm like, I'm not an actress. How is this happening? it was happening because I was very good emotionally I was I was okay and I didn't know who else to be but myself which is really where you, it gets you know it's good so we're in this exercise and and it's about pouring up all that stuff and in a room of 40 people I just started I don't know where I get the courage from but I jumped off that cliff and I just to a complete room full of strangers, everything, things that I didn't even know I was holding. <laughs> like, oh, this pain, screaming about the NHS, and da 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 and being a young mum, and how I didn't think I was good, and and I left that night. It was like I was ten feet tall. I was liberated, and I'd freed myself from all of that mental prison stuff. And life became so much better right like I just started banging to the beat of my own drum and and to to keep going on with the story it turned out that I ended up writing in Frank's book right I can't spell wasn't good at school when you come from Red Road Flats you're not meant to amount to anything so as far as you know the social norm and I forget where I was going with this why I got into that subject in the first place but we need to get our pain up because that's what's it's the so that's what it was the me, the physical pain is coming yeah. from the emotional 
yeah. pain. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's straightforward. It's mechanical lower back pain. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, mm-hmm. but often it is a lot more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, people suppress a lot of stuff. Mm. But it'll find a way. It'll find its way out. Mm-hmm. Like it, it always seems to. Mm-hmm. And if you look at health through this this sort of model, there become fewer gaps for people to fall through. Yes. Well, I think maybe the more mainstream bit does. Like people just fall through the gaps. Like, well, I don't know. We don't know why it's there. We can't see anything on X-rays or MRI. Or maybe there's a little bit of thing there. Maybe that's the problem. Try this drug or a bit of physio or worst of all, learn to live with it. Like, yeah. Jesus, a poisonous bunch of words. Great advice. Um, <laughs> and and if you come at it through this more holistic perspective mm-hmm. of trying to look at the the emotional world internally and the physical world externally and then lifestyle stuff around that, mm-hmm. it becomes a lot easier to to navigate the world you're, we're living in mm-hmm. and and achieve health and it is a problem that you have to achieve health like but that is the world we live in it's not it's not easy it no. should be it should be all the things this I, f- I believe we're set up to not to fail in it almost like seems, seems you like never it. see two bags of bananas at the front of two for a pound do you know what I mean yeah, I mean, McDonald's is bloody cheap, <laughs> like, isn't it? It is cheap, and, I, and, and it's easy, and uh, my my bugbear is Greg's. I bore the pants off anyone who listens oh. to everything they've got. <laughs> so much, so much to, so much, so much responsibility, oh. and don't get, don't get any of the blame mm. at all. At least McDonald's gets the blame, mm-hmm. for me. Greg, Even if Greg, people ignore Greg's it. Bring out, Greg's bring out a vegan, <laughs> vegan sausage roll and they're heroes. Oh. What world are we living in? Oh, that's such a great point. Yeah, but like, but we don't like health isn't in our society as it stands. Health isn't particularly important and isn't Mm. particularly valuable. Mm. And maybe that could change. And I would like it to change. I I I think it actually, if we put health at a a more central and prioritized place in in our economy, in our social world in our in in everything really lots of other stuff would change because once you it's easier to be compassionate and caring and loving mm-hmm. about you your family your society and your friendship your environment your, and open mm-hmm. and go back to cop like i think if we come if we came at <laughs> this sort of problem huge big fundamental problem mm-hmm. again it's, it's beyond me but if we came at it through this lens Mm-hmm. Perhaps it could be. Perhaps it could be. Li- could be different. Yeah. Um, and it's just about doing the work. Um, it, yeah, not easy, but it's. it's That's what it's we essentially are praying that people go away and do when they leave. When they leave us, I guess. Yeah, and and maybe just start with a bit of hope. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big mm-hmm. part. Like it doesn't have to be like this. No, no, it really no. doesn't. Like whatever your, whatever you're suffering through. Just talking, oh, can be such a huge. I think that's why I told the Frank story. All of the achievements that came from that for me came from speaking about how I felt. And I think if more people did that, mm. oh my gosh, yeah, 
let go of some of the baggage. Oh my gosh, like it's it's that's people connect to you so much more. I became so busy professionally when I started going online and speaking about my story. Yeah, and I think when you when you externalise the story, mm-hmm. you can begin to retell it. Yes, because mm. when it's in your own head, it gets throws arms and legs. It's almost like it gets deeply embedded into like this is the story and mm-hmm. like it's rigid. Mm-hmm. It's in your head and you're just going around it. There's no audience. It's just you. Mm-hmm. You can tell it the way you want and it just gets deeper and deeper and more and more ingrained. Because mm-hmm. if you externalise it, you start to hear it or you hear it through them and, it, and like I say, yeah, expressing those emotions in a, in a way just is a really good place to start like amazing e- place to start even if it's just journaling like uh-huh like you don't need you don't, to divulge yeah, it yeah it can be to uh-huh. yourself but if you put it out on paper or you record it and listen to it mm-hmm. you'll hear it differently and as you hear it differently it becomes a little less rigid tangible Ta- well yeah tangible and changeable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, okay actually is that really is facts. that really fact <laughs> Every time we recall a memory, they say it changes as well. Yeah, you you only recall a memory once, and then every other time you it's different. Mem- you recall the memory of the memory. Yes, that's it. I love that. So you get one shot. You get one shot to get that recalled correct. <laughs> From then on, it's imagination. And I guess that's what I do in terms of neuroplasticity. What I'm getting people to do is scratch a DV, like a CD. Mm-hmm. Each time we scratch a, DV, a CD, if you were to put it in, it stops working. So that's a lot of the work that I do as well by interrupting mm-hmm. the the programs, the patterns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is it? Is it like it's? It's the same as you with the patterns stuff. It's, it's patterns. It's neuro oh. and it's neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. And it's. Um, think i suppose if i wanted to get people to get out some get anything out of what we've talked about today from a chiropractic point of view mm-hmm. beyond all the other sort of litany of things we've gone into it's like you are adjustable you are flexible mm. you are not stuck the way you think you are stuck mm-hmm. and if you are not stuck there is hope mm-hmm. there is hope and there is opportunity and there is what you may hopefully you view as a better life ahead of you mm-hmm. and it might not necessarily be easy to get there and it's going to take a bit of work and it will always take time because that's like a fundamental <laughs> part of the universe that we live in time is no, i want to wake up thin tomorrow like it's just not but you can get there you can get there it starts with hope it starts with a dream does start with hope and then if you can begin to build in some emotional resonance to a future goes back to that that north star thing that the i was vision. talking about mm-hmm. the vision of me being up on a monroe nice sunny day and i ben crooken with, <laughs> with a 12 year old cow lila and a tea cake <laughs> and, and ideally my dog but he's not gonna be around <laughs> oh. out then um like it's it feels important to me mm-hmm. and it helps the hard work feel easier yes it's like why am i doing why am i doing this and if you have a real a strong reason why mm-hmm. 
it's not so difficult to get up in the morning and go for a run when it's tipping it down or do press-ups or Yeah, I think well our strong why eliminates your excuses. Well, at least a lot of the time. Yeah. That's why I always link, like, when I'm working with someone in health or whatever, I'll be like, I'll involve their, their children in it. Their exactly. grandchildren. Well, do you do you? I'll be yeah. very frank and direct. Do you want to be here for? Yeah. Because that's what we're because like. Simply being out of pain isn't. It isn't enough. Shouldn't be the goal. It's just not enough. It's mm-hmm. not enough. Like it isn't enough. Mm-hmm. We can see it's not enough because if it was enough, no one would be in pain. <laughs> but lots of people are in pain. Chronic pain, physical pain, emotional pain, like it's it's all around us. So if that was if that was enough was enough reason for you to change your life or for you to heal or what like whatever, mm-hmm. whichever way you want to look at it, then it wouldn't be here like it is. So try and work on a different way. Try and work on a different reason and a reason that is resonant to you. And that can be, yeah, like I want to be able to pick up my grandkids and play football with them. And if that's what it is, mm-hmm. then like think about that in a deep way. Spend some time with it. Like, right, where are you playing football? What are you wearing? What Make do it they look real. Like? Make it real. Mm-hmm. What does the grass feel like and look like? What does it smell like? What are you hearing? What are you feeling? What's going on in your life at the time? The deeper, the more real, the more personal, the more connected that vision is. The strong, the stronger your reason why is. Mm-hmm. If you've got that strong reason why, mm-hmm. yeah, then it's easier, mm-hmm. easier to. I call it manifesting in yeah. a sense. It, it, it is <laughs> because yeah. you're it, it training is, yeah. your brain for what you want. Then it believes because it can't tell it's not happened. Mm-hmm. Therefore. It's not a conscious thing. Your body will go and do it. It becomes unconscious, and you you move both things move toward each yeah. other. And then it's easy to walk past the pastries in the in the shop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sorry, easier to walk past the pastries in the shop and to to stick to the shopping list that you've got and like to to do the behaviours that are going are more likely to to give you the health that you want mm-hmm. and the health that you need, even if you don't know it yet. Because <laughs> it's, it's it is it's who we are. Our health is who we are. Mm-hmm. And I've really done my best not to throw in any cliches, but it's health is wealth. Like it's important. Yes. Like it's, if you if you get that right, everything else gets easier. And like the stuff I do isn't expensive. Like getting up in Monroe isn't expensive. This is this is what gives me joy. Mm-hmm. That then allows me to 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 choose the life that I want to live. So at the moment, cops on, it's a pain in the ass. I'm right in the middle of it. Well, I just shut. It's easier just to shut. Like, <laughs> I don't need that stress in my life. I know what I'm doing. I know why I'm doing it. The, my future doesn't involve requiring huge amounts of money. So I have the authority and autonomy autom- autonomy to shut. Call it quits Love and that. have a nice chat with you. <laughs> like, that, that's a bet. This is a better use of my time at the moment than oh my waiting gosh, for stressful, yes. stressed people who've been sat in the traffic, traffic under the under the Clyde in a tunnel, waiting to get through. Coming here, 
at 10 out of 10 stress when my job is to de-stress them. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I can't fight against that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's no way. So, no. right, then these are the bigger ideas of, like, of purpose and why you're here. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it, hopefully this will all kind of make sense in a way that really everything we've talked about has come at these ideas in a slightly different way. And hopefully in a way that does make does make sense to people outside of what they're used to experiencing in mainstream, mainstream so. healthcare. Because mm-hmm. it, it is tricky when I... Because this is how I've felt like this for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I now don't even know how weird I am. <laughs> Same. Do you know, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how... I just feel we're totally normal. Yeah. But I get the fact that... <laughs> yeah, how, like, how nuts is this? I, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't feel... It doesn't feel crazy to me. Feels like truth to me. Yeah. But then, I don't know, I suppose it's when we back from people. Do you know where it is, though? Like, we're relatable people. Normal, everyday people. That's why I always believe I'm a personal walking advert for change. Like, because I did not used to be this. And I didn't have anything that would have said that I should be it. Um, and I feel like my philosophy and everything I do, it's all about simplicity, the basics, the fundamental stuff. Look after that. The fundamentals don't change. Like, don't come up with a new fundamental. Just stick to the ones that we should mm-hmm. kind of try to stick to and then build from there. Mm-hmm. Let's go back mainstream for a wee minute. Mm-hmm. Not for too long, though. <laughs> But one of the questions that came in from Instagram was, what is the difference between a chiropractic and a osteopath? Okay, so I suppose we've got th- maybe three groups that's worth talking about. Okay, so nice. Chiropractic and chiropractors, Ooh, osteopathy and osteopaths, and physiotherapy and physiotherapists. These are the sort of three major ones in the West, at least in the UK. Um so physiotherapy is, is actually probably the most recent Ooh. Um, and it comes maybe more from a, I mean it's fairly straightforward, it's, it doesn't, I don't think it has a huge philosophy behind it other than if it's not moving right, move it right <laughs> and it, it's quite mechanistic in its, I'd say it's very mechanistic in its approach and that's not to say it's right or wrong, like it's mm-hmm. this is just a, it's just a label but I think being mechanistic, it fits into the medical model. I was just about to say that. Like quite easily. It does like clunk, clunk, fit into to their sort of more mechanistic approach. And it's, I know, do exercises or stretches or squats and lunges or particular rotator cuff exercises. That's at the, maybe the musculoskeletal level. Mm-hmm. And then there are specialists within physiotherapy that does do stuff that I don't know about. <laughs> but... but Again, if you've had a if you've had a stroke and you need stroke rehab, mm-hmm. like I've got one patient who's unbelievable. Unfortunately, she's had to go privately, but she's seeing an a, a, a physiotherapist that's like this breathtaking the amount of function she's reta- she's re- she's wow. she's got back. I don't believe that she would have done it without this physiotherapist. Perfect. Um, so. Yeah, this like it's it's not black or white any of this stuff, but that's what the physiotherapists sit. 
I think they struggle at the moment with the NHS. They get, they're limited with the amount of time they're going to get with a patient and the waiting lists are pretty crazy. So by the time they get to see someone, either they fix themselves or they're really, really fucked. Uh, <laughs> excuse my language. Um, so I think that's, that's maybe where the people get limited with, with physiotherapy and it's, it's more, maybe it's not necessarily a physiotherapy problem, it's a, it's a bigger issue. Yeah. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so then there's, but typically people would see NHS on the NHS, physiotherapists on the NHS, but you do see physiotherapists privately, more sports based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's physiotherapy. And then we've got osteopathy and chiropractic, which is a bit more similar, kind of founded in a similar place and probably come from a very similar heritage of practices. Mm-hmm. Bone setting, these are sort of ancient traditional techniques that have been used all around the world um, and still are. Like when I, I used to work up in Perth, and you hear stories about these. Sort of local people that were bone setters that did kind of chiropractic techniques, but that were taught by their dad or <laughs> learned anatomy on pigs and sheep. And like this stuff has been around for just as long wow. as we've been around. So I never met. I've never met one, but I'd be. F- <laughs> I'd absolutely love to. <laughs> uh, you know, you're probably not likely to get them in the in the cities, but out in the countryside, the, this wow. is probably not. I don't know how weird it is, but I've heard <laughs> I've heard of several several people who do it up in Perthshire, out down in the borders. That that they, is like, so they won't have good. a website or anything like this. It's just <laughs> like, like in you, the north. It's just in the north, yeah. Um, so that like this is where chiropractic and osteopathy have come from, mm-hmm. and then I suppose technique wise in a, in a modern clinic osteopathy and chiropractic c- can be quite similar they can be very different like within chiropractic there's a huge spectrum of techniques some are more physical and manual I'm probably more physical and manual again tiktoky you've seen it heard it restore movement clicks and pops it can look dramatic I think often when you feel it it doesn't it, it can feel right it's like, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> that's right that's what should have happened so it's like I think when you're on the receiving end, it can feel more natural than than it looks. Watching it, particularly when the the volume's cranked up on some of those. Yes, some of those videos. <laughs> yeah. Um, so and then there are at the other end a lot more tonal techniques that are very gentle, very subtle. I don't I don't really work with them at the moment. Um, there are people who do it much better than I had. So. Um, that's within chiropractic. Within osteopathy, I don't quite know about the range of their spectrums, but if I compared like a, a standard middle-of-the-road chiropractic adjustment to an osteopathic manipulation, so it's just languagey differences, mm. I would say ours are a bit more, so we call it small lever, we're trying to get onto one joint complex and restore motion there. Osteopathy, and maybe longer lever, mm-hmm. so it's a bit more rotational. So... I would know the difference. I don't know if necessarily you would no. feel the <laughs> you, you certainly wouldn't know the difference looking at it. If you'd be able to feel the difference, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, don't know. Mm-hmm. I have been manipulated by an os- osteopath once or twice before. It was a while ago. Can't really remember it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so technique-wise, it might not feel hugely different. Philosophically, there is a difference. Again, I'm not really au fait with osteopathic mm-hmm. philosophy as it stands now. Historically, it was more about lymphatic, lymphatic flow, yeah. whereas chiropractic was always more neurological. But I've looked at like local osteopaths and read their websites and they seem to be much more aligned with how I would talk mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I, I would say there's even a little bit of plagiarism but <laughs> <laughs> um, so that but but I think they're, they're, they can be quite aligned mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sometimes it's more clinical mm. osteopathy, osteopathy is more clinical mm-hmm. maybe more likely to see them wearing scrubs and yes whereas chiropractic yeah it's hippier I lean into that I like it yeah well there's plenty of other people doing the reductionistic approach the clinical approach I'm just I'm going to come at this through a person centric love that and then here are my biases totally these are my biases I think we expect more we aim higher it might be a harder journey. I'm going to push you more. I might have to see you more often. I might have to see you for longer. Mm-hmm. But that's because I want to get you somewhere. Mm-hmm. I was want, going to say, because you care, but I don't mean somebody else doesn't care, but I mean like... But I think that this comes from... That comes from my from the philosophy. Yeah. That's what... That's This is why I think the difference between all of these things is philosophy. Mm-hmm. Because that's the, the, that's the reason why. And that's where we're heading. And... I know how I experience health and what that means to me in my life and what that means to people in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel it and it's... It's great. <laughs> it's great. It's lovely. Like, it's it's hard work. It's effort. It's not always perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's up and down mm-hmm. and a roller coaster. Like, that's life. life. We live in... <laughs> like, it's chaotic out there. And, and it's, not e- it's not easy, but... I feel I feel great a lot of the time and I want everyone else to feel like that so I'm going to push you to get there it's not yeah it's not easy it's going to take effort effort in here in the clinic and effort outside in what you do and how you live your life Um, and sometimes I don't see that in physiotherapy and osteopathy quite so much yeah but but if you find if you've got a great physiotherapist They'll have their flavour of it. Yeah, and if you have a great osteopath, Mm -hmm. like, keep going with it. Yeah. Or if you get a recommendation for either one of those, (laughs) from someone that you trust, Mm. like, lean into it and push and get as far as you can. And if you've hit a barrier, try a bit more because sometimes there are just barriers and you have to push through them. Or sometimes you reach a barrier and it's a bit of a dead end and you have to just turn and make a bit of an adjustment. Mm -hmm. But experiment on yourself. Like, you are... are like that's my approach to my health like with my diet like I experiment like I try stuff I don't try stuff I reduce stuff same what's like what's right because we're all we, like again cut from the same cloth but there are individual details we what, don't need to keep doing something that's not working just because we've always did it that yeah. way so that's does that answer the question yeah definitely does yeah what's your proudest moment and maybe professionally, I mean, whatever comes to mind. Yeah. Like, the p- 
proudest moment personally was it's those emotional breakthroughs. Mm. Like for sure, it's like my life is different before and after. Another proud moment is actually just jacking all in, starting again. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you could like at, at the moment, at the time, it didn't feel brave. It's just like the only time, and I like I've stuck with that story because. I like it. It's humble. <laughs> I'm yeah. keeping it. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a humble story. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, I think I am. I like to tell myself I'm humble. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, but but it, was, it was a jump. And it was, it was hard work. And it was stressful. And it cost me. It did cost me. Get, getting here has cost me. Oh, yeah. Like, it cost me financially. And it's cost me emotionally. Mm-hmm. Like, but that cost came with reward mm-hmm. and now I have a story that makes sense to me that I can use to help people understand their story mm-hmm. so that's like that's been good and then pulling all of this together all the things I've learned my understanding of health my understanding of chiropractic mechanics neurology philosophy and what resonates to people and what makes people feel right and pulling all of that together into this place. And it's only six or seven weeks open, and it's like come to life in a way that I couldn't have imagined. Wow. It's, been, it's busy, it's popular, I've had great feedback from people, and it feels right. And I get to spend a lot of my time here. So people are coming in going, wow, this is cool, this is calm, it's <laughs> contemporary, it's warm, it's welcoming. It's stunning. It, it feels right as well. There's a thing mm. that's like, yeah, this feels right, and it's the antithesis to general practice, to dentistry, to physiotherapy. It's not. It's not those things. I'm not trying to compare or compete. Like, there's plenty of those options. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need to denigrate them at all. Like, it works for people. It wouldn't be there if it didn't. Yeah. Work, to an extent. <laughs> there's my. There's my caveat. <laughs> but, but this is. I'm trying to help people do it. I'm trying to do it differently. Yeah. So this is this is the thing I am when I when I allow myself to be, which maybe I could work on a little bit. This is what I'm proud of. Oh. This place because oh, I can't really believe how whole it is already. Mm. Like it, the the vision, the feeling, the smells, the sight, the music. It's location. The, even the, like the new patients that we've been getting in so I've had a lot of people come with me from my old place down in Shorelands but we've got a good solid steady flow of, mm-hmm. new, of new patients and then meeting them and seeing them and like who are they like how have they found this place why has it resonated with them yes do they feel like they belong here and it's not so they're not this is a broad spectrum of people mm-hmm. but seeing them it's like Right, I'm doing it. I think I'm doing something right because mm-hmm. these are the kind of people that. It's reflecting back the outside world. Exactly, yeah. Like, if I could, um, I would say this external environment really is a good idea of your internal environment. Yeah. And that's why it feels good to you. That's why it feels at home. It's authentic, mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm not a particularly, I'm quite an internal person. I don't, like, my personal social media is I've got an Instagram that I use like three times a year pictures of mushrooms that I've seen out and about on a walk <laughs> that's it like, I don't share any 
anything no. else particularly personally. So in the modern business, you kind of have to be online a, a bit and you mm-hmm. have to open up. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind talking to individuals, patients, yeah. and sharing everything. I will really, there is nothing that is off the cards if you want to ask me. But I've struggled with that. Periodically. Well, no, more like to say that louder, say that on social media mm-hmm. or do something like do something mm-hmm. like a podcast. And and I've found my voice on Instagram and Facebook of stuff that makes sense. It's like, oh, fuck. I was really worried about it because I, I don't like it. I don't like it at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. I, I fought with it as well for and, a bit. And now it's like, okay, I know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And I know why I'm saying it. And I know who I'm saying it to. Mm-hmm. And then it's all made sense. And it's just all coalesced into something that is tangible and makes sense. So that's the thing I'm most proud of. That's oh. the thing that's like, I can't believe I've been able to do it. Because it's just like an extension of who you are. Like, I definitely know that you're meant to, your purpose was what you're now living. I know it for myself as well. And it's just so, such a blessing to be able to, yeah. to find that. But you've got to share that, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. That's the thing. You've got like, <laughs> hey guys, look, there's a way, there's a way of like, it, of feeling connected in your life mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like I don't know what it is for you I don't I can't work it out same thing I can't heal you but let's but together let's, let's do some work hold, I'll hold your hand mm-hmm. and I'm here mm-hmm. and like if you have a wobble I'm right here or if it's not for you that's fine too like, yeah I will hold I will hold your hand on the way in and I'll, if you want to leave I will hold your hand to the door and let go yeah like it's it's not like There's no scarcity mindset no, about it. Yeah, I don't no. Really. Like, no. It's not. And it's, that's, a that's a nice, again, a nice place to be. Like, yeah. Yeah, you just help when you can. I love that so much. What's What's next for you then? What do you see for this place? I know we've connected because basically we are doing the same stuff. Mm. And they both complement each other really well, which I've loved having this chat because... As I said, I just knew that maybe if I had a problem, I would much, I'd be more yeah. inclined to go and see a chiropractor than mm-hmm. a GP, right? That's just how I do life. But I didn't, I didn't know that it was so similar to what mm-hmm. to what I kind of do as well. So that's that's because I think as a profession we've failed a bit. Mm-hmm. We've lent we've lent into pain. Because it's easy. Mm, mm-hmm. It's an easy. It's an easy marketing tool. Mm-hmm. It just is. Mm-hmm. Um, so people think back pain, neck pain, headaches. I'll try general practice. I'll try the painkillers. Eventually, that doesn't work. I'll see a physiotherapist, but it turns out I can't wait that long. I'll see a chiropractor instead, and I'll just take the hit financially. <laughs> like that's that's the story that that you, hear, you see a lot. So, and chiropractors are going like, well, that's easy. And you can help people, to, but I think that's a limited belief. Yeah, you can help people a bit. Mm-hmm. It's not enough for me because it wasn't enough for me. Mm-hmm. So, so that's kind of the authenticity <laughs> of it. It's like, well, I, ca- I, I can't, I won't, I don't want to help. To well, that. I don't want to help people that just that much. Yeah, not when it's you reductive. know there's so much. Yeah, so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, What, where do you see, see yeah. what, what so, is where do I see this place going 
Well, I, I think the reason I reached out to you, or well, I think we're, we've been we were brought together. Yeah, is because there are limitations to what I can do, mm-hmm. and I want to. I want to know that I know those limitations. That I don't believe this is a panacea to everything, mm-hmm. and hopefully, it hasn't sounded like that. No, but I know that I need. I need a, can, a a network of people that are on are singing from the same hymn sheet, <laughs> have different tools and different Vehicle. skill sets. I want to sort of help. I want to help people navigate this other world mm-hmm. that is outside of is outside of the NHS, really, by and large. Um, <laughs> and and like uh, with the long term goal of actually hopefully influencing the NHS. Yeah. Of like it just becoming a louder and louder voice or voices that can't be ignored. That can't be ignored. Of going, hey, look, there's other ways of doing it. There's there's somewhere higher to achieve. So the bigger goal, I want a better society, man. That's what I want. I want people to experience what we get. Me too. More and more people, because that will change everything. That's the bigger, huge, big picture. And then in a like more achievable goal, (laughs) (laughs) uh, is is the community. Mm. Like I'll start here on Garden Street and partake if that's it. Mm That's great. Mm-hmm. Like if I can help more people think a bit differently about their health, not just by being in here, just in general. Like, mm-hmm. It's a cool place. There's lots of people going in and out. This is busy. This is not quite as weird as I thought kind of like <laughs> it might be. It looks like a normal business. Once you come in, it feels kind of like a normal business. A bit, hopefully a bit better. More relaxed. But to normalise Home from home. And to, and to normalise health. Mm-hmm. Like that's it, like because mm-hmm. health should just be normal, mm-hmm. and that's not the world I see, mm-hmm. and I want it to be like that. And then within the clinic, oh, just like it's just constant improvement, isn't it? Refine, refine, refine. Mm-hmm. How can I be more effective? How can I be more efficient? How can I interact with people on a metaphysical, physical, neurological level? And then how can I help them develop this? North Star is something I'm really interested in. I just love that North Star statement. What is your, what is your, (laughs) like, how can you interact Mm. with them at at such an emotional level that they can't Mm. help but get pulled towards Mm -hmm. it? Like, that's the thing. That's that's so powerful. So, so powerful. So I don't know if I've got like a three year, five year, ten year plan. Yeah. Not not yet. I don't know if that's. Quite free spirited though and yeah, open, exactly. which is nice yeah, too. Again, Me too. I'm just like I'm just not a capitalist. Nah. Like in that, like, nah. like <laughs> yeah. So that is it. I think. I mean, there's. T- I mean, there's so much more we can talk about. Mm-hmm. But that's. I think that's. Kind of I think we've said. done our job, which is debunk the whole, all the barriers almost that people may have in their mind or. And I think that North Star stuff, like people, that's something somebody listening to this will be able to really think about and yeah. get. Oh, I, I've loved this. Like, yeah. I, this is just speaking to my soul. I know I keep referring back to that. And um, yeah, I just want to thank you for your time. It's been wonderful. Um, I am so excited for people to hear this. Um, yes, it'll be out in a few weeks, guys. And that is us done. <laughs> Good night. Yay.